Hey, how's it going? Back again for another one. Uh, today, episode we have um we have I have Brandon Walker from House of Aperture on. Um, Brandon is a photographer and videographer, and uh, based in uh, Philadelphia, and does uh, work you know with a you know, number of different of uh, individuals and businesses uh, in the area. Um, kind of started off doing, um, wedding photography and has led to, you know, more, um, you know, promotional videos and photography for, uh, businesses in the area, which he, uh, you know, which we discuss here in this episode. Uh, we also dive into, um, a passion that he discovered for salsa dancing and, um, you know, I'll, you know, jump into that more, you know, in, in the, uh, the main part, but, uh, you know, it was, again, it was a really good uh, conversation. Uh, really enjoying um, having these with um, local business owners here in uh, Philadelphia and South Jersey region. And, uh, you know, I want to keep going with this. So, um, but yeah, but no, I, you know, really great conversation with Brandon. And yeah, please, uh, you know, check him out. Um, you know, if you're in the area, you know, for any of his, his services that he discusses here. And, uh, yeah, hope everybody's, you know, being safe and, and everything, um, you know, staying healthy, all that good stuff with this whole, you know, pandemic and other things that have been going on recently. Uh, so, um, yeah, but with, with, without, uh, further ado, let's just, uh, go right into Brandon and, uh, we'll see you on the other side. And okay, we're on. So. Hey everybody, how you doing? Uh, Rich the Architect back here with, for another episode. Today I have Brandon Walker from House of Aperture on. So Brandon, why don't you uh, just start, start this off with a little bit of an introduction yourself, you know, what you do, how you got to where you're at in life, you know, you know, you know just, just go. So. <laughs> um, so I am a Philadelphia born and bred uh, uh, young man. <laughs> um, I've lived in Philly for the last 34 years. Um, I actually have been uh, photographing uh, since I was in sixth grade. Uh, my mother let me borrow her Nikon F1 film camera. And from there, I started to basically take pictures of everything. I would give it to my mom and she would give me you know, my little allowance to actually go get the film developed. And that's pretty much how my photographic journey started. Um, as a matter of fact, let me see if I can put sure. This is actually me, if you can see it, in sixth grade. Okay. <laughs> Mom's camera. And that's, yeah. that's how I'm, you know, doing this. And from there, I, uh, you know, I kept my photographic career uh, going. Um, once I graduated from college, I actually started to get into dance, into Latin dance. And... Mm -hmm. From that time, my best friend, he actually got me a brand new camera for my birthday. And so I started photographing this new journey that I started going on to with, as far as you know, training and performing and that sort of thing. And um, from there, um, some people in, in the dance community, they actually started hiring me for events to you know, shoot their events. And um, from there, people started to hire me to do um, different things like, you know, weddings and corporate events and that sort of thing. So that's pretty much how my business grew. And I, started, I did weddings for primarily for about almost six, seven years. 
Um, I worked with uh, several wedding companies in the city. I started doing, doing my own weddings. Um, don't get me wrong, I love weddings. I, I truly do. <laughs> but at, from a business perspective, um, after a while, you start to understand that it's not as fulfilling as you'd like it to be. I, I always yeah. was mindset that, you know, I want to help people. And yes, capturing the most important day of people's lives is absolutely amazing. And I never ever will take that for granted. Uh, but I wanted to try and do something to help people in a, in a, in a, in basically in a, in a uh, better mindset and a better capability than what I was doing with weddings. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started getting into doing you know, business work and working specifically with businesses and corporations and that sort of thing, small businesses and entrepreneurs. And I started to see how video not only helped my business grow, but it helped several other businesses that I was working with grow as well. And so mm -hmm. that's where I basically put the focus of my business is working with business owners, entrepreneurs, um, basically creating content and assets for them that they can use to basically gain more exposure to a new clientele, um, save time with their business and streamline their practices and their day-to-day -day, uh, operations or, and uh, be more profitable. And I've been basically using that as the core of what my business does for the last three, four years. And it's been going really, really well. Um, I've helped several local businesses grow. Um, there's this one, uh, one person, Laura Eaton, um, she's owner of Old City Collective here in Old City, Philly, which is where I live currently. Um, she reached out to me. She was trying to um, tap into a new market as far as working with uh, medium large corporations that needed a venue for um, basically for meetings for you know their employees. And she also wanted to work, reach out to people, couples that were getting married and didn't necessarily want to work with a venue that houses three or 400 people. They want to have more of a uh, smaller, uh, you know, smaller ceremony, smaller uh, reception and that sort of thing. So yeah. I created a, what's known as a video business card for her. And once I created that asset for her, I actually helped her um, implement it on every single last one of the platforms that she's on. So she's on Craigslist, on Airbnb. Um, I reformatted for her website. I reformatted it for her Instagram. Um, I reformatted it for her email signature. I basically helped her put this one asset on every single last one of her marketing platforms. And it did so well from all those eyes being on that one specific asset that she was actually able to open a second venue, not even a couple blocks away, right on, you know, second to market, which is prime real estate in Philly. If, you know, anybody's familiar with, mm -hmm. like, you know, real oh, estate. Yeah. Um, that's just one example of, uh, some of the things that I've been able to do with my business and me being able to help people uh, in a uh, in a bigger capability than I've been able to before, and and I love it. I it's it's really something that I've been wanting to do all my life, and now that I'm able to do it in in, in this capability, I I'm, I'm appreciating the opportunity. So mm -hmm. when you, when you said an asset, you said like that's a, that was a video, or that was then reconfigured for whatever platform it was on, right? So what, okay. what people, a lot of people don't understand is that you can't just pull something on multiple platforms and, you know, have it look the exact same and look, have it look the, the best that it can, that it can look. Um, yeah. With a lot of these platforms, Facebook, Instagram, um, they all have their own 
specific formatting guidelines and rules for uh, content that you put on there to look its absolute best. Um, you know, you have people uploading to these platforms millions of times every single day. So in order for these platforms to, you know, save hard drive space, essentially on, on their networks, they have to basically uh, reformat all of these videos to a specific, um, I would call it, uh, specific, specific frame size. And right. people are privy to what those settings are. And so I've researched these settings for every single last platform. And once I create this one asset, I reformat it for every single last one of these platforms as well. So that's mm -hmm. one thing that somebody, you know, work that's basically a CEO or a business owner, or if they're a, um, a marketing department for a company, that's one less thing that they have to worry about to make sure that this one asset looks the best wherever it goes. Right. Now, do you deal with like um, then the kind of, I'll say the content in the content, meaning like if you have, you have a video and it's going to work in a certain way for Facebook, but then that same message is going to be different for LinkedIn. It's mm -hmm. going to be different for Craigslist, you know, or, or, you know, whatever. So do you kind of modify the content, like, you know, whatever's being saying in the video or, or the copy that's, or, you know, the graphics or whatever? Um, more, often, more often than not, usually it's the same asset that I use for all the platforms, but if it has to be, you know, modified for whatever reason, if, you know, like I said, if, if LinkedIn has to have something specifically said to reach that specific audience, that might be slightly different than what's on Facebook, then in the production phase, then we'll make sure that we get that footage and those talking points that we need. So that mm -hmm. way it can be edited in, in post and make sure that, you know, we have a version specifically for Facebook, we have a version specifically for LinkedIn and both of those pieces of content have a message that's going specifically to those audiences. Right. So. Yeah. Cause I, I will say as a business owner, it's like, I have, I've constantly, I'm always thinking like, okay, well I want to post this information and I don't want to just necessarily post, like, let's say I'm posting uh, pictures of a house that, you know, completed right. project, right. Or a video of it or, or whatever. Um, but you know, I'm going to put it on Facebook, but I don't, I personally don't like to be like, just hit share like do the lazy posting, like, oh, I'm going to post it, but I want it to post to Instagram at the same time. And like, you know, because you can do that with a lot of these platforms. But I'm like, no, these look a little bit different. For this <laughs> different you know, kind of what, what you were saying earlier, but also, and I'm probably a little lazy in terms of like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I want it to, I want the, want it, whatever I write to be different for LinkedIn, for, for Facebook or, or that. And, you know, some days, you know, maybe I will go a little bit in there and do that. Some other days I'm just like, ah, just get it out. And like, yeah. You know, and, it, you know? and the thing is, it, and, it's, and it's funny that you bring that up because I think with, especially with business owners, one thing that I've noticed working with business owners for the last couple of years is that they get so wrapped up in, uh, basically the, the, you know, the tiny little details um, that they miss what's most important and the most in, in the, the main important message that they need to get out to their potential audiences. And at the end of the day, especially in 2020, having a more personal message is more important to potential buyers and potential customers than just spewing facts for <laughs> two, three, four yeah. minutes. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can you can kind of tell when a corporate video is a corporate video, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, the most success that I've had working with different business owners is when they put in more of a personal touch with their projects. Um, mm -hmm. With uh, the most recent, uh, I actually got hired not to do a video business card, but it's a sort of commercial um, for uh, the same person that owned that, that venue. When she decided to open that second one, she was like, okay, um, this, this specific venue is more for it's, it's geared towards women. Um, men are welcome as well, but it's more geared towards women. It's a, she wanted to do uh, a co-networking co space, an event venue space. And she wanted mm -hmm. to gear towards uh, women that were entrepreneurs and small business owners. And she wanted to have it as personal as possible with a humor aspect of it. So I don't know if you've ever seen um, the, the commercials for... Um, what do you call that thing? The uh, squatty potty. <laughs> Have you ever seen? Yeah, you've never seen that. So basically, it's uh, how can I explain this? It's this. It's pretty much a plastic stool that people use when they go to the bathroom. And basically, what it does is adjust your body position to make going to the bathroom easier. Yeah. And basically, this company, the Harmon Brothers, they created this commercial where they have this medieval guy talking to this unicorn that's like it's 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 really it's it's a crazy commercial but it's funny and they and they did it in a way that that genuinely makes you laugh it's just hilarious and she wanted to do something on those lines so we actually did this commercial and one of the things that happened we had these uh these two people that are actually members of the uh the co-working space and we basically had them in their pajamas on the couch, basically eating out of like e eating cinnamon toast crunch and pouring it on the, on the floor. And yeah. she, one woman, she actually uh, had the champagne bottle that she was acting like she was drinking. Out. It was actually champagne. And she was uh -huh. drinking out of the champagne bottle and she tilted up like this. And we were, it, we were in the middle of doing a take. She takes the bottle from her face and the bottle just sprays all over the place. And we're all looking at each other like, wait, did this just happen? And I'm just thinking to myself, yeah. no, this has to go into the final video. This yeah, is yeah. Like everything that we have going on right now. You guys in your pajamas, champagne spraying all over the place. It was, it was completely off the cuff. It was hilarious. And we're just thinking to ourselves, this is what we're looking for. This, this is right. what people are going to be attracted to, you know? And so yeah, yeah. I tried to bring that out of business owners and, and bring this out of um, you know, the different people that I work with. Not everybody, obviously, is going to be on that same level. They're <laughs> not going to be yeah. that cool. But I specifically work with people and figure out ways to not only bring out their message, but also bring out that level of comfort. comfort, comfort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because, again, that's, that's what people are attracted to. People are attracted to personalities and who you are as a person. They're, they're going to do business with you as a person before they actually do business with your business um, right. if they can't see themselves gelling with who you are then it's a very very good chance that they're not actually going to spend money on you or spend money on whatever it is that you're offering whether it's a product or a service so i really do try and hone in on that during the initial production meeting with uh you know potential clients to try and figure out who they are as a person and how we can bring that out on film yeah, and it, well, it's interesting too because it's like the you know, you you you're bringing out the uniqueness of each person, you know, and and you know you've probably had conversations, I've had conversations in like networking environments or whatnot where 
you know, somebody's like, well, I'm just a, you know, a lawyer or a, you know, insurance agent or whatever, you know, and you, you may see like stuff that they post and it'll be kind of very, let's call it stereotypical stuff, you know, like, well, or if, if I'm an architect, you know, I can look at other architects pages and they're just posting pictures of their finished projects, you know, this is, you know, pretty pictures and all this, oh, you know, house, whatever, and all that different stuff. But it's everybody, you know, and, and some people may kind of be like, well, you know, what else am I supposed to post? You know, they're kind of overthinking, like, what they're going to put, they think that they need to just post that in order to be successful. And I'm sure there's, you could find examples where people, you know, and companies are successful by posting that in the past, but the real differentiator is who you are. You know, all of us are unique. You know, we've all, you know, what I experienced in life is not what you experienced in life or somebody else experienced in life. So you can always, there's, there's always a plethora of, experiences and, and things you know like it might be somebody who you know has traveled all over the world and has mm -hmm. seen things you know or you know or somebody you know using travel experience you know maybe maybe they just like to go to disney world every year but still there's things that you experience even in that even though it's like that's you know a lot of people go to disney world you know there's still unique experiences that you have there you know you ran into somebody at the pool in the evening and had a conversation or something you know there's always something you know, right. you just kind of tap into that and show, and that's really anybody's differentiator, I mm. think, you know, um, Definitely. you know, I, uh, I, uh, one, uh, really good example of that is, uh, real estate agents. Um, uh -huh. and, and really this, this goes across the board. I mean, almost every single, um, every single industry is just flooded with people that are all doing the same thing. So, at that point, like you said, it's, 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 you just have to think to yourself, well, what can I do to differentiate myself? And people will go on years and years and years trying to figure this out. And, you know, I've, I have a bunch of real estate agents that I'm personally friends with that um, I, you know, follow their businesses and I see what they're doing. And, you know, I, I try and, you know, give, give them a little nudge and say, hey, you know, like I, I see that, you know, you're, you're, on your social media and all of your marketing pages, you're, you know, posting up pictures and, you know, posting up, uh, you know, these walkthrough videos, which, which is great. That's, that's awesome. But what are you doing to separate yourself from the bunch? What, like, what, what are you doing to basically help yourself stand out as somebody that is the name to work with, the person that people need to go to, the, the person that is the authority in whatever it is that your field is? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I try and prop, you know, poke people and just say, hey, you might want to try and think about this because um, this is what's going to set your business apart and what's going to help you grow. And, you know, people, they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll figure out eventually this, that, and third. I'm like, all right. Um, and then I eventually uh, worked with uh, this one real estate agent, Luna G. Um, she actually owns a, a YouTube channel. And, she's done a fantastic job of infusing who she is as a person into her business. We actually sat down and uh, did a, actually a whole interview uh, video, um, basically highlighting her business, but we focused more on what she's done outside of the business that basically sets her apart and tells people who she is as a person and use that to help her business. Mm -hmm. um, 
she was a uh, Chinese national. She came to the U.S. with pretty much uh, without a dime to her name. Um, she came to the country, uh, started working different jobs, got involved with uh, real estate. She started working with Keller Williams, and she started to build a pretty nice empire, basically just off of her personality and who she is as a person. She uh, became a fitness coach as well, and she started her own YouTube channel that basically was geared towards people that were either just getting started in real estate as a real estate agent or people that were looking to buy or sell. And she was basically giving them tips to help them out with that whole process. And mm -hmm. people that, and not only do they see that who, you know, who she is as a person and get to basically watch her entire journey from when she got here to where she is now. But in addition to that, she's giving these potential clients value, free value without even, you know, charging them for this. Like it's, it's all on YouTube. So it's all free. And yeah. people see that and they appreciate that. They appreciate, you know, basically inviting potential clients into her life in essence and giving value. And because of that people want to do business with her and it's, she's shown that time and time and time again, that it's helped her to be very, very successful. And I just want to try and, you know, highlight the possibilities of doing that and how video basically plays into that perfectly. You know, it's, yeah. that's a perfect example of the power of what's possible with that. Yeah. You know, I've, I've found that like, um, you know, like a strong suit that I have is, is some of the more technical stuff mm -hmm. that I don't think the general public necessarily will care about. Mm -hmm. It's like one of those things where it's like, they don't even notice it. Like clients might not even notice some of the stuff I'm doing because it's mm -hmm. just done correctly or whatever. And there's no issues. Right. You know, right. so I have put out, um, you know, like uh, the, the software that I use, um, I, I help, I've, I've taught seminars on it. You know, it's just, you know, I've, I've traveled a little bit to teach, teach those seminars. Um, you know, I run a mastermind right now with a couple other architects and it's, again, it's not something that the general public might necessarily go, but people in my industry would, you know, find it valuable. So I've put like little training, like tips and tricks type videos up, like on my YouTube channel. I get views. Um, I have a post that's, that I did, like a blog post years ago that I did that it still gets hits today. Mm -hmm. Like multiple hits around the world, you know. Um, but again, it's not, it, there's nothing, you know, personal about it it's very cut and dry i'm like this is how you create like the one it's this is how you create hundreds of of drawing sheets in your five <laughs> in a very in like a very quick like in five minutes you know right. um you know that's and uh it's but it doesn't really like necessarily lead to any business it just i get i mean it brings traffic to my website you know and it's something that's free that's out there um who knows maybe maybe if if I look back, maybe somebody did call me and, and saw something um, for, uh, you know, that were like, oh, oh this, I, this guy can help us out, you know, but, mm -hmm. but on the other end, like, you know, here, here we are recording a podcast. Um, I love to give a great example, you know, and I, obviously I call it Rich the Architect. So I want to have a little bit of a personal side yeah. and, you know, you know, I'm interviewing you, but I'm still talking, you know, as well. Um, but I've had a job and I've, I've probably said it on, on a previous episodes with other guests where, you know, somebody I know who's local saw me post about my podcast, 
told me, started the conversation by telling me, he's like, hey, I see you're making these posts about your podcast. He's like, I don't listen to it. But it, rem- but it reminded me that you were local. Mm-hmm. I got this project, you know, so it led, it led to, to business that way. But, you know, but also this platform is leading me, you know, letting me have conversations with you and, other, you know, other people getting to know you better. You're getting to know me better. You know, so it's like, I think that person, you know, on a personal level, I really right. think, you know, you know, we're, we're talking a little business here, but, you know, and we've had conversations, pr- you know, uh, prior to this, but, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, which I think led to a, being, Hey, why don't you come on? You know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but it's like, yeah, getting to know each other on a personal level. So, you know, hopefully, you know, if you have somebody or, or you, you personally have something down the road, you're like, Hey, I know that rich, the architect guy. And they'll be like, hey, I know Brandon, you can help me with, you know, the videos or the photos and, and you know, things like that. So, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's very powerful. And it's like, I've learned, you know, I've, I've been in business for 11 years. And when I first started, I thought I'm like, well, I'm an architect, so I'm just going to have to, that's all I'm going to talk about. And, you know, some of the reasons why I said I, I, I purposely called this Rich the Architect was I was finding that people only knew me as Rich the Architect. Like, didn't know me, knew me about, knew, knew me as the architect, like the architect or an architect, but didn't know me about, didn't know anything about Rich. Right. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so it's just like, I just wanted to, you know, I just, yeah, I feel I, I know what you're saying here in terms of like, yeah, it's, it, as I've been more and more in business, it's more about that personal side, you know, right. like I personally, even like if I want to, like, I'm still just a one person outfit. I think, you know, it sounds like you, you may, you may work with some people here and there, but it sounds like you're, you're a one person outfit as well. Um, mm-hmm. But if I ever want to grow out of that, like, I feel like, um, you know, I really would then almost be putting all, not all my chips into more of the personal side, but, you know, in order to properly do the business development, you know, I could see it, you know, in like the one group that we're, we're, you know, the legacy club that we're in, you know, it's more about, you know, and I think that's how we kind of got in. You, you came on one of the calls, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then we started talking, but you know, it's, it's there. It's like, it's not, a, there's not a lot of talk about, you know, this person who does whatever they do, it's more about, you know, what they are doing to, I mean, you know, obviously right now with COVID and, and people being home, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, what are you making for dinner tonight? And things like that. But, but those conversations, yeah, but those conversations tend to be more toward on the personal side. They're not, you know, they're not like dry conversation about, Hey, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? It's more about, you know, who are you? Who are you? You know? So yeah, it's definitely, uh, um, very, uh, very powerful and, you know, helpful in terms of, you know, business development, things like that. So, so you're saying like you, you, you've been helping with, um, you know, so is most of the work more on the video end these days for you or? Definitely, definitely. I, um, I get asked to do, uh, a wedding here and there every now and again, actually, actually just was contacted last week by this couple whose uh wedding is on the 20th of this month and they're i'll say pharmacist i'm sorry i used to work in pharmacy so i for whatever reason i keep saying pharmacy um their photographer actually uh contacted them back and said hey i'm not gonna be able to do your wedding um you know i have sick family members and with covid i really don't want to take that risk and so they reached me 
and more than likely I'm, I'm probably going to end up uh, shooting their wedding just because again, you know, I've, I've done it for years. I know how important, you know, that day is in a lot of people's lives. In mo most cases, if not all cases, it's the most important day in people's lives. So it, it definitely does need to be captured. So, you know, I, I'm going to be, uh, you know, shooting their wedding. Um, but I do, as far as like the photo side of things, I do still do the one-off wedding every now and again. I do um, a lot of maternity shoots. Um, I do a lot of lifestyle sessions and that sort of thing. I want to try and maybe branch off with that side of business as well and maybe get into some more editorial work um, to you know, possibly get into print, that sort of thing. But the main focus of my business for the last three years and going forward is going to be with video, specifically working with business owners and entrepreneurs and just helping them get to the next level and to keep working with them pretty much as a, almost a, uh, an extension of their marketing department, if you will. That's a, a really big thing of what I do. Um, once I'm done you know, producing their content, I work with them on a continuing basis. I will do either bi-weekly or monthly phone calls just as a follow-up to see you know, how things are working with them as far as, as, far as their video is concerned. We'll, we'll go over analytics if we need to go over analytics. Um, and also just check up on them and, and you know, see how they're doing, especially with COVID going on right now. Um, I've been checking in with a lot of my, my uh, acquaintances and friends that are also business owners just to see how they're doing and how they're holding up. Yeah. Um, you know, here in Old City, we've had a whole bunch of businesses close down and you know get bored up and that sort of thing and it, it, it as a business owner myself it, it sucks to see that and it, it really does you know affect me because you know i've been in situations you know especially when i first started out where i didn't know if i was going to be able to you know make ends meet or or you know where my next paycheck was going to come from so mm -hmm. you know i i always feel that it's kind of a necessity for me to you know check up on my business owners that are friends and acquaintances and make sure that they're okay. You know, and if there's anything that I can do to help, you know, that's, I'm always, you know, willing to do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's like, yeah. And you were saying like at, at this time, it's like, you know, it's really tough with, you know, there's some businesses that can, that are, that are, that are fine in, in like, you know, a situation with, with the COVID stuff, you know, and then there's other businesses where it's just, it's just totally devastating you know, where you, you can't do anything. I mean, you were, you were mentioned, I was going to ask you about this, but you were mentioning about like salsa dancing and, you know, we've had conversation, you know, that my, my wife has a ballet school. It's right. like that, like right now, that's that those types of businesses or, or gyms and, you know, fitness facilities, things like that. I mean, they're just, you, you just can't be open. Yeah. So, pretty much. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? You know, and, and well, stay in fitness. Yeah. Like, funnily enough, um, as far as the, uh, you know, the actual physical locations for a lot of these studios that I know of and have worked with, the studios are closed, but a lot of the instructors and studio owners, they've actually taken their lessons online mm -hmm. and, you know, started doing uh, Zoom calls and basically teaching lessons and from that, uh, you know, uh, from that platform, they've gone to Facebook Live, Instagram Live. And they've pretty much leveraged the, the audience that they were able to create on their platforms already and basically move them over to Zoom, move them over to Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and, you know, basically hold these classes. And I've actually spoken with 
not only people in the uh, dance community, but also, you know, just businesses in general. And we've had, you know, console calls to figure out, you know, what's the best way to go about doing this? How can I make sure that um, my live streams are, both, that the audio is good because audio has to be good. They have to be, you know, have to be able to be heard. The sound has to be, you know, legible. Um, they want to make sure that they have the best quality. Um, they want to know what kind of cameras that sh that they should use, what what uh, frame rates that they should use, and that sort of thing. Um, how can I uh, basically create almost a virtual online studio or a virtual online uh, course or something along those lines? So I've been consulting a lot of people on that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. uh, yes, it is getting to a point where some businesses, quite a few businesses have actually been, you know, thoroughly devastated by this, but for the ones that, that aren't like, you know, restaurants or, um, you know, businesses that can take what they do, whether it's a product or a service online, they figured out how to basically transform their business and go to a more online platform. And mm -hmm. Or some, quite a few businesses, it's actually worked really, really well. So yeah. it, honestly, it's, it's a matter of, you know, moving with the times. Um, you know, I, you're probably around, you know, my age or, I, I don't, how, how old are you, Rich? Actually, if you don't mind my 45. age. 45. 45. Okay. Oh, 45. Okay. So, yeah. um, so you probably remember, you know, Blockbuster and, uh, <laughs> you know, all the, like, the video stores and everything. I remember and, Blockbuster opening up. The first blockbuster in my <laughs> store. I think I was in high, junior high or high school. Yeah. yeah it was like a big like, deal. Yeah. It was just a big deal. Like, yeah. I, I, I remember, like, you know, Friday nights, I would, like, beg my dad to take me to Blockbuster so we can rent, you know, new video games for the Sega Genesis and that sort of thing, you know? Yep. But, you know, after a while, when things started to go to a more online platform, you know, these certain businesses, they got so stuck in the old way of doing things yep. that they ended up shuttering, you know, the same thing happened with them. Same thing happened with, uh, you know, music stores, you know, FYE and uh, Sam Goody and that, and that sort of thing. Like yeah. once, once companies started moving towards a more streaming format and once that started to be consumed more than, you know, actual physical, uh, physical media, you know, unfortunately these companies, they didn't change their business models and we, we saw what happened, you know? So, mm -hmm. I see the devastation, but I also want to try and help people figure out how to move to a more online platform so that way their business can still thrive. You yeah. Know? And I think in 2020, that's one of the main ways that I personally can help, but a lot of other people can help others as well. You know, mm -hmm. so I always try and, you know, spread that gospel, you know, don't, don't get stuck in the old ways because there isn't a very good chance that, you may lose everything in doing so yeah 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 and it's well it's interesting i have to like i'll go back to my wife as an example with the ballet school and i have to really have to commend her for what she did was she just you know once it was like home okay we can't have it but she's like well how can i adjust it was always it's always about like how can you adjust and keep you know keep things moving forward so you know she jumped in you know immediately like a lot of us did you know she jumped on the zoom figured out how she could do zoom classes for her existing customer base right mm -hmm. you know um because she you know she buys you know it's primarily kids so they kind of i think not only if they pay in court no you know what they do pay by month 
Um, but so I think what she ended up doing was adjusting the price. So she's like, okay, you're not here in the studio. So you're not going to charge, you know, maybe she charged like 50% of what she had before, right. you know, cause it's going to be a little bit different, but we're still going to offer the classes. You know, she's still paying her instructors, you know, the same, I, I don't know if she was paying them the same fee or not. I, you know, I'm assuming she probably paid them, you know, whatever she pays them per class or however she pays them. So that was still being paid, you know, so they were, everybody was still making their money, you know, um, and, you know, still having, you know, the students, you know, still it's almost like a retention thing, right. You know, keep, keep the, keep the students still having, having classes and whatnot. And then as she got that kind of established and had, had a kind of a rhythm with it, she actually started opening up virtual zoom classes for, for new students and she got new students in this time you know yeah. from it um you know and now even just last weekend with you know some of these restrictions kind of being lightened so she was like oh wait you can go you can have like outdoor activities here and there so she did a series of bar classes outside nice. in our parking lot that's we awesome. have like um we have uh, one of her instructors has um oh what is it called she has um it's not called the firehouse. It's over in like Fishtown or in Kensington. It's like an art art building. Um, not it's not the Painted Bride because that, no, no, not that's, Painted, that's old city. Um, uh, it's up. Uh, it's up on um, off of like Second Street or Front Street. Oh, why can't I remember it off the top of my head? Maybe it'll come to me. Um, but yeah, she has like an old factory building. And okay. there's, you know, she does like, she, she has a, um, a modern dance group. Boy, wow. I've known Laura for forever, like 15 <laughs> years. Probably. I should know her, her stinking, her mother thing, but her, you know, her, her dance group, but she has a modern dance group up there. And so it's based there. Uh, Iron Factory, I think is what it's called. Oh yeah. I do know. That. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she, she has the, the Iron Factory and they, um, we had some like old, like, um, rolls of, of Marley. You know, you know the Marley dance mm -hmm. final yeah. or whatever. They share rolls of it up there, which I think we had at one point, but then we gave to her because we didn't have anywhere to store it. So mm -hmm. she took it. So last week she went out, picked up the rolls of Marley, and then we put the Marley out on the side on the in the parking lot. You That's know, put we have a number of bars we put out there, and she had a number of bar classes for her different age groups on. I think it was on Sunday. You know, most of. You know, she had maybe like, you know, on average six kids in each class. She, I think she had three classes. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we actually learned a, a new technique of how we can relax Marley now. <laughs> you put it out in the sun and it, it flattens yep, out pretty quickly. quickly. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we had it all out in our, our dance floor and it was all like, you know, from the rolls. It was just like a, we didn't have it in like a core or anything. So it was kind of like folded. So there's yeah. like a little fold, you know, a little, little fold crease or whatever. And it just like after a couple of days, it still was there. But we took it outside and it was like within like 10 minutes of being out in the sun, it was like completely Good. flat. So you're like, yeah. perfect. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, yeah. So she, she did that. And, and actually a lot of her, her students or the parents are like, we'll do it again. You know, mm. whenever you want to do it again. If it's, it's a new experience. You know, a lot. I, I don't think I've ever heard of an outdoor bar class. <laughs> So yeah. that that's definitely something that that she could and should capitalize on because that yeah. unique experiences. That's one of the, you know with the 
the millennials because you know everybody loves talking about millennials but all right you know they're all about you know new experiences and new ways of doing things and that's that's a perfect example right there i mean she she should definitely market that yeah <laughs> so you, you, you after this you definitely need to talk to her about that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well you know she took pictures of it put it up on her you know facebook page kind of your basic you know marketing stuff there but uh yeah definitely as an alternative here i have a feeling like once everything is back open she's just like the work it takes to do an outdoor bar cross would be much simpler to be like, Hey, we have two dance studios here with bars. Like <laughs> it's already set up, you know, yeah, cause it did exactly. take, it did take a while for us to set everything up. And then, you know, we had, we had different things with, uh, you know, the masks and hand sanitizer and different things like that had to wipe down everything between, um, you know, and then, you know, and then obviously just like having one of our instructors actually come out as well, yeah. you know, yeah. to, to be available to teach and everything like that, you know? So, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, definitely, you know, again, it's like adjusting and, you know, with the times and different <laughs> things like that. So, um, yeah. So, so with the, uh, I mean, like when you were, you know, with your, you, you know, mentioning with the salsa dancing and stuff like that, like what, what has your, I guess, you know, like, as you were just talking about house of aperture, what, how about on the, the dancing side? Like what's like, you know, what's been your experience or how you've gotten to do that and everything like that. So, it, you know, it's weird. Because, so ba basically how I, how I started, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So it's weird because my junior and senior prom dates are probably to this day still angry at me because I did not dance with them during my junior and senior prom. Like uh -huh. dance before recently is something that I just for whatever reason avoided like the plague for most of my life mm -hmm. and I'll never forget I was I this was basically uh, not too long after I graduated from college one of my high school buddies who was a DJ at the time reached out and said hey I'm DJing at this uh, at this little club you know you should if you have time you should come out and support I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm always going to, you know, support friends that are business owners and entrepreneurs and, you know, doing things to make money. So yeah, I definitely came out. And, you know, uh, before the night started, we're up on the roof deck of uh, this club and we're all sitting around. It's me, my DJ friend, and a whole bunch of his other friends. We're all like sitting around the fire pit, um, having drinks, talking. And we start talking about, uh, you know, what we're, what everybody's passionate about. And everybody's going around the group saying what they do. Um, it was my friend who was a DJ, it was a musician, fashion designer, um, another photographer, um, and it was a few other people that were doing, you know, really amazing things. And then they get to me, and at the time, I had just gotten, you know, back from, or just graduated from college, so I was, you know, in the workforce. And I was just going full steam with that. I was working at one of the local hospitals at the time. So that's pretty much where all my focus was. So they get to me and, and they say, so, you know, what do you do? And I started to tell them, you know, I, I work at one of the local hospitals and, you know, and I was, started going to that. And the woman that was right next to me, she just stops me and just puts her hand on my, on my thigh. And she's like, and she looks me dead in the eye and says, no, 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 no. What are you passionate about? And I really had to think about it the second because I couldn't answer. Like at the time, like I said, I, I stepped back from photography to concentrate on uh, 
you know, my job and everything. So I really didn't have anything that was giving me purpose aside from my job. Mm -hmm. And that night I, I literally went home and just looked at the ceiling. Like there has to be something more than just coming home, going to work, coming home, going to work and just, you know, being in the nine to five grind. There has to be something more than this. Yeah. And so, uh, my DJ friend, he invites me back out the next day or the next week, I'm sorry. And the night starts and, you know, everybody's dancing on the floor. I'm over at the bar because that's what you do when you do not dance. <laughs> yeah. And I'm talking to the bartender and somehow or another, we started talking about Dance with the Stars, which was, you know, at that time, it was huge. Everybody, all of America was watching this. And I was like, you know what? I would not mind learning how to dance one of these days. I like I literally have just avoided it like a plague all my life. My stepmom, she's Puerto Rican and you know, she always like makes fun of me. She's like, I, I come out to the you know the family events and everybody's dancing and having fun and I'm, you know, on the wall with a corona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'm telling her this and she looks at me with this just crazy look and I'm like, What what did I say? And she says, You know we have a Latin night here every Monday, right? I said, no, who goes out to a club on Mondays? Like, who, who does that, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> so she says, come on out tomorrow, because this was a Sunday that, that this was happening. So she says, you know, come on out tomorrow. The lesson's free. Um, there's no cover. And tr try it out. See if, see if you like it. Yeah. So I came out. And between the music, the people that just basically welcomed me from the moment I walked in the door, um, the whole atmosphere. I mean, it, it was, it was amazing. I, I, from the second I walked in and saw everything, it was just all of this going on. I, I was hooked like that. Yeah. And the one thing that I learned that is kind of special about Philly compared to a lot of other cities is that Philly has a Latin night every single day of the week, if not yeah. multiple ones uh -huh. on the same day. So yeah, yeah. two months straight, I would go to work, come home, and go out and learn how to dance. <laughs> yep. And this, was, this was, went on for about two months straight. Yeah. And I, I literally was addicted. And it was, it was one of those, like, good addictions where, you know, you're, you're getting exercise, you're meeting new people, you're being social. Mm -hmm. And from there, I, I got involved with some of the local studios. I started taking, uh, like, official classes, not just, like, you know, the the – club lesson that you take when you've had a couple in you and not, yeah, you yeah, yeah. what's going on i started taking like actual official lessons and from there i joined the performance teams and i started you know taking my training further and eventually i got into uh some of these studios semi-pro and pro teams i've traveled to congresses up and down the eastern seaboard i've gotten to represent philly in regional competitions um it, it's been a long 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 journey um I, it's, it's, it's been a crazy ride. And again, like I said, when, when I, you know, started this, this journey in dance, me capturing the journey as I went along basically led to me opening up my business. So, you mm -hmm. know, I, I a lot to dance. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's, that's, it's, well, it's funny when you were, when you were saying, Oh, well, I was going on a Monday night to a Latin thing. And you're like, kind of like, yeah, you had the question in your, in your mind or whatever, like, who the heck's going to be there? I mean, I moved, I left, my wife and I moved out of Philly in 2004 when she was pregnant with our oldest. 
you know, we moved into a house in Jersey, kind of did the, you know, move to the suburbs type thing once we had kids. But, you know, previous to that, you know, even back then, like I, I played music, I played drums, I beatboxed for, for bands and stuff like that. And we, we used to have like a, we actually used to have a, um, a jam session every Monday night at, um, uh, was it the Kyber? Wait, wait, is Kyber on South Street or in Old City? on second street the one i know it's really close to where i am i I forget where though yeah it may have been on south street don't quote me on that (laughs) i think it was yeah there's but yeah but i think it was the kyber well it was on second street in old city right by um across the street from the big irish like restaurant club okay man it's been a while for, for me like, <laughs> I'm like man i can't even remember it's been so long but anyway we used to have like a jam session there every monday night and there would it wouldn't be packed but it was like it was always good people mm-hmm. that were there you know and uh had had some good times and i probably should have been not being there on a monday night because i had to work in the morning you know the next day usually um but uh but still it was like you know there was again it was good people but even back then when it came to and if latin night wasn't my thing like i wasn't going to those but yeah when you were saying it was every night it was even back then it was still like that i knew of like places like you know um that had it you know from throughout the week so i was like oh yeah it's it's been like that for a long time <laughs> yeah like like people you know when you they, when they think about uh you know really passionate people especially that are you know uh, involved in the arts and things that, that of that nature their minds immediately go to new york yeah which is fine it's new york you know obviously that's gonna be the first in the conversation but um with philly philly has an extremely vibrant art scene and a following that is very 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 passionate and i don't think a lot of people realize just how just how deep that community goes and how passionate they are you know and mm-hmm. i would I will put our community against any community and you, and that might be just the, the Philadelphia in me and, you know, the competitive nature that we have, you know, especially, you know, with our sports, if you, if you're a sports fan and, and you're, yeah, yeah. Then you know about passion, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's what's making me talk like that, but I, you know, I will put our, what we're able to put out as far as a, a, a passionate community, against any city, any time. Oh, yeah. No, 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 I I, I agree. And like, I could tell you like, you know, okay, so this is like, you know, 20 years ago or 15, 20 years ago. So when I would like go to clubs and stuff like that is like, it was back when like the roots were still, they were established, but they (laughs) were growing. Yeah. I was, I remember being at a club in Old City where they were, they were doing the record release party for Illadelph Half-Life. Classic. It, it was one of the most incredible shows in like a smaller club. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, at the time they had like, uh, like Rozelle, like, you know, what I'm talking about beatboxing. They had Rozelle, you know, was in there. Yeah. This, this, this was the day I got introduced to Scratch. Like, I didn't know who he was. Um, <laughs> I actually had friends who knew him and played and did music with him too, but um, they were like, Rozelle's up on the, on the stage and he goes, somebody here wants to battle me, I hear. And Scratch <laughs> just comes out of the crowd, 
I still remember he had like uh, like overalls on or something. He had like one of this one. I, for some reason, I still remember him getting up that's on stage, putting. <laughs> What's that? That's that tells you how long ago it was. But we were still yeah, yeah. wearing. <laughs> yeah. So he had like one strap was down under his arm, but when he came up on stage, it was like it was business time, and he put it back up on his shoulder. I'm like, who's this guy? And then they battled, and it was like incredible, you know. But like there would be other times, like I was mentioning the jam session we had, like um, uh, Hubbard who used to play bass, you mm -hmm. know, in the earlier days, he just showed up at one of our jam sessions one day and played like bass for like three or four songs. And we're like, this is awesome, you know? So that would happen That's all awesome. the time. Like you would have different people. And I'm sure like if I went back, there was probably, you know, you know, I don't like probably not Meek Mill, but you know, um, who is it like, uh, like Beanie Seagal or, or somebody like that who was just like up and coming and just mm -hmm. was like there like, well, um, I, I uh, actually, as a personal experience, I, I was doing an open mic with a buddy of mine who rhymed at, mm. um, it's still around Last Drop Coffee Shop. It's like at the corner of 13th and Pine. Um, okay. If, well, uh, what is it? Um, I almost said Fat Joe's, it's not Fat Joe's. Um, it's a really trashy bar, but it has like a reputation. It's on the same <laughs> corner on 13th and Pine. It has have a mural of like Mike Schmidt and stuff. Oh. Why can't see that's the thing it's been a while for me like i can't believe i can't remember it but my wife used to when we first started dating she lived at 15th and pine so it was kind of like our our area You're this right was before there. yeah this was like before university of arts like started expanding like the symphony house condo wasn't there yet like maybe mm -hmm. the starbucks just got that was on the corner on broad street just got built but other than that it was still kind of like you know old old school or whatever you want to call it but we were doing um, an open mic at, we were doing a weekly open mic with um, coincidentally my wife's ex-boyfriend who was also a DJ, um, <laughs> kind of how, how, we, how we kind of met in a way. Um, but uh, uh, he was doing a weekly open mic in the basement of the coffee mm -hmm. shop. So we would go every week and um, he, he uh, played and actually how I met him was he was teaching African drum classes on South, at, a, at a store in South Street. So I took class, I took one of his classes and I think it was the first night was uh, his then girlfriend came in and that was, ended up being my wife, <laughs> you know, like, so I met her like, during my first <laughs> class, you know, um, but, uh, um, but yeah, so we would sometimes on those mics, a bunch of us who played African drums, we would all play together, like, you know, just as a, as a starter or something like that, or he, he DJ and stuff. So sometimes it was that. So the one night, you know, my buddy who rhymed, I was like, oh, well, why don't we just get up? And we used to be used to just doing the jam stuff. And he's like, just drop a beat and I'll rhyme. I was like, all right, cool. So we're doing this. And then after like we did like one of them, a guy was just like, oh, yeah, I beatbox too. Do you mind if I come up with you? I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, the more the merrier. We're just kind of, you know, it's not like it's our show or anything like that. Yeah. So he comes up and he was like incredible. I have the tape to this day. Of, of this still it was just i mean my buddy and i we were like i was like yeah i beatbox i don't beatbox like that you know? like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. he was doing like well and at the time you know like, like jungle music was just like kind of coming up he was doing like a jungle beat that was just like i was just like i almost like stopped while we were like all like, jamming. I was like yeah i was like this is really awesome i'm not really contributing anything here <laughs> you know i'll just i'll just fade off <laughs> but um but yeah he um ends up it was music soul child what that's yeah. awesome. That's so sick. Yeah. so I'm, 
huge fan of music. I'm, I still, to this day, I'm a huge music fan. Man. Yeah. So I got to know him a little bit. And this is right when he, I, this is right around the time he's making his first album. Mm. And, um, you know, so he may have came back. We may have jammed a little bit here or there. He, he worked at a pizza shop on South Street somewhere. I remember the last time I really had a conversation with him was he was on a break and he was stressing out about his, his album mm. coming out, you know, and of course, you know, he's an artist. So he's, he, you know, he's stressed. He wants to make sure it's good and all this different stuff like that. And I was like, almost like, well, you know, hope you'll be all right. Like he was just like really down at that point. And then like a month later, his album comes out. I'm like, holy shit, this is, I'm like, that's the same guy, <laughs> you know? And then, uh, you know, I've only run into him one other time, but it was like a few years later, like at a deli. And I tried mm -hmm. to like say hello, hey, what's going on? And he didn't remember who I was at that point. And I was just kind of <laughs> like, well, he's, he's all in a whole different world now. Yeah. You know, and I don't kind of fault him for any of that, but you know, but yeah, it was like those, those type, you know, that, that scene and the people you run into and then years later, you know, like, yeah, I'm 20 years later and I'm seeing all these people have all this kind of success. I was like, I was like, you know, shoulder to shoulder with them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but it's like, you see all these people who are coming out, you know, whether it's musicians or, you know, Kevin Hart or, you know, different comedians or, or different artists like that. But, you know, different people come, there's always people coming out from Philly, yeah. you know, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, definitely can uh, compete with, uh, you know, any other city in my mind too. You know, I, I totally agree. <laughs> you know, so. And that's so awesome to be able to like see a lot of these artists just, you know, from, from where they springboarded their careers. That's, that's really cool. You know? Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, no, it's, yeah, I, I do miss a, a, some of that, you know, sometimes, you know, now being in South Jersey, it's just like, oh, there's nothing, well, you know, and I got kids and things like that, so it's kind of moves away, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, so you kind of adjust. Uh, I always, I always thinking that, you know, someday uh, maybe I'll get like, uh, you know, turntables or something like, you know, in terms of when you're talking about passion, it's, it's funny because it's like, I, I think. A little bit you know we were in a conversation last night on a different call we're like oh you know what hobbies are you know i was talking about board games and i'm like well board games you know now that i think about it that's more of an escape it's not necessarily like a passion you know mm -hmm. yeah i enjoy playing board games or whatever but um you know the passion and what you're saying with the salsa dancing and stuff like that it's like ah, it's got to be you know the music and stuff like that for for me personally is like where uh that you know i could, could get back into at some point you know but you know same thing i have both and it, it, it is like with uh the kid my kids are in the music so my kid my son my oldest is learning drums that's awesome pretty good <laughs> uh he's picking up he picked up a bass recently and i'm just like he was playing james <laughs> brown the other night. Wait a minute <laughs> yeah, yeah he, was, he was down there he, had, he has a, a weekly lesson and his his instructors have him play like bass for like james brown songs because i'm just like really <laughs> you know and he actually did my my wife's my wife's birthday was last month and for you know we got a cake and stuff and then he came up with the bass and he was playing like different things you know for us you know it was just a bass and He's like, what's this? And it was like the SpongeBob theme and you know, things like that. You know, look so. at him like, wait a minute, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I, in some ways, it's like it's really neat to also have have your you know my own kids like learning and seeing them grow. So you kind of start um, not living through them, but you know, seeing them 
succeed you know so yeah and he he plays in like uh there's like a uh what's well, called rock university it's okay. you know, with a music a music pro, uh, place the place where he does the um the lessons they also have the rock university and okay. it's just oh that's the other thing it's just like the kids and some of the kids that are coming through that program Dude. <laughs> I just, like, I remember, yeah the one kid was playing like um uh what is it uh what's that song satch satch boogie it's like more of like a class like maybe from the 70s um who's the guitar joe santini santorini something like that but i mean it's just an incredible like you know guitar song and this like 10 year old comes out and just kills it like yeah <laughs> i was just, just like look at it like wait what is doing with my life <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i was like <laughs> yeah I, I think at that age i remember like look me playing drums growing up i was i was given an opportunity for like the school my elementary school's talent show to mm -hmm. make my own song and it was me like playing like a snare drum going tch, 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 tch. <laughs> you know like that was it this kid's like yeah. i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> right. it's like okay Got that? I'll give you okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but but that you know that's what makes you know like life great. You know, like you know we're saying like with passions, with with dancing or or music, it's just like that just adds. You know, that's just what makes life worth living. I think you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um. Well, I think we've been about an hour in here. <laughs> you can believe that. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, I look over, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's afternoon o'clock. It's afternoon now. So, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, this, this has been great. But uh, if, if is there anything you, um, you know, just kind of want to like, you know, whether it's how, how people can get in contact with you or, you know, anything you want to just kind of like close with? Yeah. Um, what can I do? So, <laughs> um, again, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, House of Aperture. Um, I'm on Instagram. Yeah, I just said Instagram. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel. Um, it's under, if you search Dancers That Shoot, that's my YouTube channel. And basically what that is going to be is basically uh, behind the scenes uh, content of me going on video shoots, on photo shoots, as well as uh, with me training, um, interviewing different photographers, interviewing uh, different instructors and competitors and that sort of thing. Um, it's a combination of basically the two worlds that I'm passionate about and right. you know, I do try and bring both of those passions to a larger audience. Um, so if you want to follow me there, Dancers That Shoot on YouTube and on Instagram, uh, you can follow me there. And um, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much uh yeah that's pretty much <laughs> okay you say it was a dancers at shoot or dancer at shoot dancers that shoot oh that shoot okay yeah t-h-a-t -T. okay <laughs> all right okay cool well brandon again uh, i re really appreciate you coming on and uh having a having a conversation again <laughs> <laughs> whatever long uh, yeah, and, and hopefully someday soon you and I can have a conversation in person, you know, because oh, yeah, I've realized we've, we've not yeah. had that yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love so, to. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. So, no, yeah, again, appreciate you coming on. And for everybody else, um, you know, we're, for, for Brandon here and for Rich here, we're signing off. And until next time, I'll see you. See you later.